Hi everyone, welcome to my dad's podcast. Go ahead. Hi, my name's Charlie. Um, today this episode will be about me. Good job. Anything else you want to say? Um, I'm going to my mom's today. That's right, because it's what? Because it's Sunday. That's right. <laughs> say bye. Bye, guys. What's up and welcome to another episode of I'm Working On It. I'm your host, Chris, and you just got to hear from my special co-hosts, your special guest today, Charlie. She was very excited to um, get to have a, a record some more stuff. Um, she might make even more appearances uh, with her cute little voice. <laughs> so cute. Um, God, I love that kid. So today, obviously... There's a, a the title of the episode, Lessons from Charlie, number three. We had a pretty big moment um, a couple of weeks ago. I, f- I, almost, I feel like out of practice almost at, at recording these because I was so sick last week. It almost didn't feel like me recording that episode, <laughs> but I'm, I'm better now. Uh, I took some mega dose of vitamin C, and no, I did not have the... Uh, the the virus that shall remain nameless, just a vicious cold from her, I think, probably. So, um, but if you're a parent or if you, like, you might, you'll find this helpful, I think, whether you're a parent or whether you're not. Like, if you're a parent, you might find it helpful with your own kids. Um, if you're not a parent, you might find it helpful with uh, yourself because this is where all of this stuff starts. But, um, we had quite a, uh, honestly, one of the most, one of my most favorite moments that I've ever had with her, uh, a couple of weeks ago before we both got sick and, um, I want to share it because there's so many nuggets of gold in there that are just amazing. And like, I taught, I've been teaching her something. She teaches me stuff. Like, it's just this incredible relationship and i i could honestly do a whole podcast on just what she teaches me so um i'll hop right into it and to preface this we've been working on feelings we've been working on big feelings for a while now because that's something that i have really worked on you know, I, I've worked really hard to be okay with my feelings so that I can be totally okay with her feelings. So, like, I don't react. I don't feel anything when she has temper tantrums and stuff other than I just want to be there for her. I don't try to talk her out of her emotions. I don't try to make it better. I just show her that I'm there for her. When she hurts herself, when she falls, when she gets really upset when she gets angry, I just let her know it's okay. We all feel that way, and I'm right here. I'm here for you, and I'll, I'll tell her, like, you're safe. Like, I love you. Everyone's, everyone has big feelings. And when she has a temper tantrum or she's really acting like a dick, when she's done, I tell her like, Hey, I love you anyway. I love you even though you weren't being nice to me because I want to convey unconditional love to her. 
Like, I want her to know that she's worthy of love, whether she's thrown a temper tantrum or she's purposely trying to, like, be cute or be nice to me. You know, she, a couple days ago, she scootered into my room. Yes, she was scootering in the house. Scootered in, gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And you could tell she was trying to be cute. And she hopped back on her scooter. That was it. She just came in, needed a hug, kiss on the cheek, hopped back on her scooter, scooted away. And as she scoots out the door, she goes, deuces, daddy. (laughs) It's very easy for her to know that in that moment when she's being cute, she's loved. But I never, ever want her to think that her love is conditional on how she's behaving because it's not and the trick as a parent is you do you love them unconditionally like or most parents do i think but the trick is like how do we actually convey that because those are two different things loving your child unconditionally or loving anybody unconditionally and you knowing that inside of you is totally different than conveying that And so I look at my work as a parent as like it's most important when she's most upset. And that's when I feel like, okay, like clock in, it's time to go. It's easy when she's being cute because she's freaking adorable. Like, can I be present with her when she's freaking the fuck out? And can I let her know that I love her no matter what? Because that's what matters. Most of us didn't have that. Even if our parents did love us unconditionally, we didn't feel that way. And I see that a lot in the work that I do with my clients. And I see how it messes us up and it creates these patterns of behavior where we're just trying to seek out love and acceptance and connection. And so we were at my mom's a couple weeks ago. And when we left, my mom had given her a tulip. And as we get into the car, the, and she gets buckled in and everything. And as soon as I walked around to my side and got in the car, she had broken it. Uh, she crushed it. The, like a petal fell off and she was so upset. And it, it was like probably 4.30. It's getting close to dinner time for her. She was hungry. She had ran around and played bubbles or whatever at my mom's house. She was tired. She was hungry, but she was so upset. The kid loves flowers, just loves them. And she was crying and yelling and, you know, we're driving and I'm just like, oh, honey, I know, like, you're sad. Trying to help her name the emotions that she's feeling. And, you know, my my mom lives about... 10 to 15 minutes away depending on traffic and so we're driving home and i'm just trying to you know i'm thinking in my head like jesus like come on like i'll I'll stop at the flower shop (laughs) get you a bouquet of flowers if you just stop yelling but of course i didn't say that in my mind that would make logical sense but to her she's upset she doesn't want a new flower she she's grieving essentially that flower She feels sad, so I'm letting her let it out. I'm helping her find words. 
and we're driving. And honestly, like to me, I, I was in a very calm and a very good place. I wasn't stressed out. It wasn't bothering me, you know, because if you're a parent, you know, when your nerves are afraid, that stuff is really hard. But I was in a calm place and I was I was trying not to laugh because it was so dramatic, right? <laughs> so dramatic. But we're so we're driving on the freeway and then she just lets out this banshee scream. And it was like I, I flinched a little bit and I, I almost wanted to say like, you can't yell like that when I'm on the freeway, kid. But I stopped for a second because I'm like, hold on, you do that. And you teach your clients to do that. I mean, not on the freeway, but I do this thing called the drive and yell where when I'm really frustrated, when I'm really upset, if I'm angry or if I just feel like I got some shit to get out that I'm working through, I will put on some angry music to accentuate my mood and I will drive around and just, ah, just yell it out or yell into a pillow Because when I started doing that over a year ago now, I you feel so much better afterwards. You feel cleansed. You feel like that emotion has moved. And emotions do need to move sometimes. And I encourage my clients to do that. I get them to drive around, preferably on a not-so-populated road. But, you know, if you don't have an acre of land to live by yourself you might not want to scream like a wild man in your house or wild woman so i encourage them to do that and so it just clicked in my head wait you do that i was like oh honey do you want to yell and she's like yeah and i'm like cool yell let it out and she just banshee scream Rah! and it's like a shriek too and thankfully she actually had this very beautiful crocheted pink blanket that my mom made her when she was born and she had been toting that around and she started yelling into that and I was just like that's all good job honey like let it out and she was screaming her face off into that blanket screaming her face off and I just encouraged her that's good good job like yep let it out we all feel those big emotions. We all feel the anger. And she's crying too. And so she's doing both. She's crying and she's yelling and she's letting those emotions out. And we're, you know, on the freeway and we're driving home. And normally when she's that upset and she's hungry and she's tired and we're in the car, we're looking at a 60 to 90 minute meltdown because it's like she melts down in the car then she doesn't want to get out and then we get inside and she's all upset and she won't eat and you know it'll be a 60 to 90 minute ordeal it's exhausting if you know you know um but she yelled it out and literally by the time we pulled off the uh, on onto the the off ramp to for home she goes Dad, I feel so much better. Can we get a talk? Can we stop and get a taco? <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Like, hell yeah, we can get a taco. <laughs> like, of course. Who doesn't love tacos? And so, so we kind of, you know, 
take the turn towards the hit a, hit a taco joint by my house and uh and she's better like she's done she's let it out she's screamed she's yelled she's cried she is done she feels better and so i started to explain it to her and we started talking about it how you know sometimes big emotions that we feel like we need to let them out but we need to make sure that we don't do that at somebody else and we need to make sure that we do that like in our own space like we can't just do that to other people when they make us mad that's our responsibility and just you know trying to put all those things in her head because you want to let out the emotions but you don't want to let them out unnecessarily on somebody else especially that type of anger like that's not healthy like it's our responsibility to deal with our own emotions and so you know in an as kid-friendly of a way as I can like I'm explaining that to her and she's in a good headspace now so she can listen and we can kind of have a conversation and you know she'll be five in a few months so um she's getting there right and so we have this conversation we really talk about what just happened and I tell her like hey I do that too like I yell into my blanket sometimes and um, I yell in the car too when I get frustrated and I, I get frustrated. I cry. You've seen me cry. Like, you know, I don't, if I cry, I don't hide it from her. I let her see. I want her to see that because I've seen my mom cry twice in her life. And I saw my dad cry. I didn't see him cry until he was dying with cancer and he was all emotional from the drugs. And so I want her to see that. I want her to know it's okay. And so we stop, we get a couple tacos, and we're driving home from the taco place. And, and now she's explaining to me, like she's to herself and to me kind of like walking through uh, what happened. Like she's, I, it's not, I could see the wheels turning when I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw her because it was like she was making sense of what had just happened, right? And she said to me, you know, yeah, dad, sometimes like the, f the feels inside of me are like bubbles and they don't feel good. And so when I yell and I get them out, when I yell or when I cry and I get them out, it's like burping out the feel bubbles and then I feel better. <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't given her that analogy or anything. She came up with that all on her own. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Because that is what happens. Like if we don't release those big emotions, they get stuck inside of us. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I think I've experienced this a lot with women clients who like to weightlift. Like it's a, it's a way to get your aggression out. It's a way to like, argh, like put that, put that energy into those weights. I mean, men, men do that too, but um, the way that she talked herself into that and the way that she uh, narrated that experience, um, I could just see the wheels turning and how she was filing. And I knew in that moment, I was so proud of her, like so proud of her for being able to do that. And I was so proud of myself for being able to give that to her because 
I've worked with so many women over the years and it's so common. You guys, you weren't, you're not taught how to healthy, to have a healthy expression of anger. You know, it's like nobody likes an angry broad or, um, no, don't be crazy. Don't act psycho because it's like, you're not allowed to get mad. Yet we all have anger. We all experience anger. And it can be a scary emotion, especially if we were taught to put that back in the, try and put that back in the box, so to speak, as a kid. And typically that's done by like, oh, that's nothing to get angry over, you know, you know, things like that. Even just those innocuous statements. It's like, no, like, I'm already angry. What point? Is it to tell me that that's nothing to get angry over? Like, especially when you're in a heightened, pissed off, angry state. It's like telling someone to calm down when they're having a panic attack. <laughs> tell me how well that works. No, just calm down. Fuck you. I'm not calm. And so I really try to avoid saying stuff like, oh, that's nothing to cry over. Or it's not a, you know, it's not a big deal. Because that's sending her a message that it's only okay to cry over certain stuff, even though she feels like crying or she feels angry or whatever. And so this moment is like the beginning of teaching her that. And if you're a parent and you're already doing this, man, mad respect, like good fucking job. Good fucking job. And if you're not, I would highly, highly recommend it because the thing is, I am definitely no parenting expert by any means, and I don't play, even play one on television. But the perspective that I have is I get to see in my clients what fucks people up later in life, and I don't mean fuck up, but what causes people struggle later in life. And one of the main things... I, that's, I don't like that wording that fucks people up. That's just to be clear, no one is fucked up. No one is damaged, but we do struggle. And one of the biggest things that causes us to struggle is to not feel okay. Letting ourselves feel emotions. It's that we've all developed all of these coping mechanisms, these unhealthy things and sometimes healthy things, but to deal with, with our emotions and whether that's drinking and taking drugs or it's watching TV, Netflix, um, our phones or even exercise or meditation or relationships or set, what, whatever it is. Most people have these unhealthy coping mechanisms that cause us to do behaviors over and over that are making us struggle because they're at odds with what we actually want. And that's, what people come to me for like they want to change their behavior to get a new result but if you don't change your behavior around the thoughts that you're thinking and the, the your relationship with emotion uncomfortable emotions are usually the thing that cause people to do behaviors that they don't want to do and whether that's fighting with your spouse or getting wasted or just zoning out on your phone it doesn't really matter but if we can sit with ourselves and sit with that emotion and be okay with it, then like, boom, we return to a pretty happy baseline. And that's her, dude. Like, 
she feels all the feels. She feels all the big feels. And then, you know, if you follow me, you've seen the videos like her, her happy little cute, happy-go-lucky, fun-loving, adventurous self. That's her 90% of the time. And 10% of the time, she freaks the fuck out and has meltdowns and gets really upset. And I think that's a great trade-off. Personally, I'll take that trade-off for myself and her any day. You know, and, and this is something that I do with my clients. Like, we practice letting ourselves feel those emotions. And I, everybody is always shocked the first time they do it. They're so afraid as I walk them through this exercise of, I call it the in-body exercise, where we just sit, we, we purposely try to let ourselves feel in our body what we're feeling. And they're always so scared in the beginning because it's so foreign to just be okay with and let yourself feel. And then every single time anyone's ever done that, for the first time, it's a five to 10 minute thing. And then the emotion passes and then they feel better. And once you practice it, there is some stuff like some hard stuff that, you know, might take longer than that. And that's okay. But the majority of things, if you let yourself feel it, it passes through you, you move it if you need to. And then you go back to your, you know, you feel better, you feel good. And when we're in that place where we feel good, we feel calm, like we're not all stressed the fuck out because we're running from our emotions. Then we start to pursue behaviors that are good for us and we start to be who we were meant to be. Because then we're, we're living in a, in a place of, of being our true selves at that point. And we're not bogged down by either the emotions or the bad behavior or unhelpful behaviors that we're doing to deal with the emotions. My, literally, my favorite quote in the world is, What we resist pursues us. What we accept transforms us. What we resist pursues us. What we accept transforms us. And I've found that to be so true when it comes to emotions. And so in my opinion, the greatest, greatest gift that we can give our children is the gift of emotional agility. Like the ability to feel those emotions, to, to create a new story around them, a story of it's okay to feel this. Everyone feels this. It's okay. I will be okay. You know, that's what I tell her. Like, I know it doesn't feel okay right now, but you will be okay. Because that's what I want her to, that's what I want her inner dialogue to be. And it builds an amazing connection between us. Like, she was so lovey and cuddly and like happy the rest of that day. Until she went to bed, you know, it's because I was there for her. Like, I saw her. And I can only, I'm only able to do this because I have worked on this myself. And I'm only able to kind of like make the connection because of what I do. And how I see this play out with my clients as adults for having not had that. That's why I see the importance because once people get to a place where they're okay with that, 
they're okay with letting themselves feel, their whole life changes for the better. They have more self-trust, they're more in control, they're more in charge of their own life, they're less afraid. It's really, truly transformational because you've accepted it and you're able to transform. So like I said, I'm not a parenting expert, I don't even play one on TV, but if you can give that to your kids, man, it's powerful. And you develop mentally and emotionally resilient kids. I can already see it with her. It's why she's so happy all the time. Because she's she knows that she's loved unconditionally and she knows that it's okay to be her. I just yesterday I was just telling her like, "Honey, you don't have to do anything for me to love you. Like you don't have to be cute, you don't have to do anything. I love you no matter what." And those to me are the two greatest gifts, unconditional love and the fact it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to have those feelings because feelings are just an extension of ourself when you're that young. And I don't want to tell her that it's not okay to feel those. So again, if you're a parent and you're already doing this, man, like congratulations because it's not easy. And if you're looking to, to do it, I highly suggest it. I also highly suggest working through your own feelings if you haven't and learning how to do that because that gives you that practical application and the knowledge of what kind of power that has because it's been truly it's changed my life so thank you guys for listening this is a little longer than normal but it's probably my favorite episode so far so it was worth it so thank you and i will talk to you guys on the next episode have a great rest of your day take care